0: Hello again. I am Soft Chagrin, podcast guru and president of the Podfix Network. Since revealing myself as the puppeteer of the Podfix Nation, I have felt the need to be more hands on with the day to day duties. No respect to Chris, Keith or Chaz. Is that his name? Sure it is. You see, when I listen to podcasts, I see the ones and zeros that make up the matrix as we know it. That is not something my master classes can teach, but rather a natural talent. In other words, I was born with a gift, and curse, for identifying great podcasters, their shows, and then exploiting them via the network. Every Thursday, I will open the PodFix archives, hand-select a definitive episode from one of our network members. A true showcase of the talent that I, excuse me, that we have here at the PodFix network. Now, sit back, relax and let your ear muscles do all the heavy lifting, while you enjoy this, as the kids like to say, oldie but goodie. Might as, well Might as well put on some music Might as well put on some music I'm the voice of Night Industry 2000's microprocessor K-I-T-T for easy reference A kit if you prefer What would you like to hear?
1: Welcome to Champa and Klein the Knight Rider Years A podcast by two friends who share a love of classic 80s television I'm your host Dave Champa I'm your other host Greg Klein. Gregory? It's been 29 days I ah, know since we last recorded a podcast
2: I don't understand
1: and I'll be honest with you I felt all 29 days of that and it hurt my soul was it
2: like when you when you eat a whole bunch of beef jerky and cheese and yes. you have to wait 29 days before yes. you feel normal again when
1: I'm at work I when I have I'll, I'll, I'll go on a 15 minute break at work and I'll have a snack and it usually uh, ends up being like a salami and cheese platter <laughs>
2: The whole platter.
1: Just usually get like the fifteen set to twenty seven dollar cheese and meat platter. No, it's like the balanced break, salami, cheese and crap. But I end up with a lot of gas and pent up um, gas pressure. Mm-hmm. That's what it's been. It's been twenty nine days of pent up gas pressure.
2: I thought you you were gonna say. <laughs> at, at- I go to work and I have a 15-minute break and 14 minutes of those 15 minutes is me on the toilet.
1: That actually has happened before when I probably texted you from the bathroom at Target. I'm on my break and I'm pooping. (laughs) Oh, I know. God Greg welcome back this is unbelievable this is it's this is this is by far the longest we've ever gone we are recording it as the night of September 5th the last time we had actually physically seen each other's faces was the night of August 7th
2: and you know going back this is a an important date in our on our podcasting life yeah um but going back the last time we were this Far apart of not having seen each other was before we started podcasting, so it was probably we yeah. used to only see each other like maybe once every four months
1: I would say, yeah, two to th- two, three, four months, we would just get together, and so that was actually as of this release, September ninth this is our official two year anniversary Aww. of podcasting, so we are entering our third year of podcasting so what is
2: that there 's paper this is the first year what
1: 's the third year anniversary is it Is it nickel <laughs> It's cobalt. <laughs> cobalt. Is I don't it, want that. Is it cotton? There's a cotton. There's a cotton anniversary. It's lead. <laughs> it's what's uh what it what's the What was the name of the, the virus in the MacGyver kill zone? <laughs> oh, oh, man. What the, that's what it is. That we're just going to we're just going to age rapidly over the next year. <laughs> um, I'm trying to look up. What is the traditional third year anniversary gift? Oh, <laughs> Greg.
2: Yes, David. But so is
1: this our third year or our second? Oh no, this is our two-year anniversary. Yeah. So our two-year anniversary is cotton. Okay. But we're going in. So our but next year, our mm. three-year anniversary is leather. <laughs> I really wish that. Oh, I really wish it were this year.
2: I like how you said that. Leather. Well, you know what? It will be. It'll. It will be leather because a certain gentleman in this wonderful show we're about to talk about wears well, a lot of it. <sighs> And it, we'll also, he never
1: changes outfits, at, at least over the course so of far. the week. Um, but yeah, so guys, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, you really picked a doozy. Uh, this, this is a labor of love for Greg and I. It started off as a as a general conversation podcast, which morphed into a podcast about the entire series of MacGyver, which then morphed into this, which is kind of a, a, an amalgamation of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we are, we are ready to jump into this. We're going to tackle um, the entire original run of Knight Rider starring David Hasselhoff and Edward Mulhair. It's just one of those like, I don't know, Greg and I, it's just we, we love getting together and talking about anything but more than anything classic 80s tv is sort
2: of our jam it's fun i mean because it's nostalgic we're children of the 80s Um, oh absolutely uh and 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 i've i've learned over the years that there are there are different stages of children of the 80s like yes we were both born in the beginning of the 80s so we we grew up through the 80s with a lot of television, you know, Transformers, Thundercats, all right. that kind of stuff. But then there's the generation just a little bit before us, born at the end of the 70s, who are who are like um young adults into teenagers in the 80s. So they have a different version of what the 80s is, but I still consider it all children of the 80s. Yeah, you grew up and you listen to absolutely you, know, you listen to hair metal or you listen to um um other music that was in the 80s. Yeah. I was a Weird Al guy in the 80s. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, a lot that of Weird was Al. my big thing. The f- one of the first cassettes. No, I think the first cassette I ever owned. Was it Weird Al? Dare to be stupid. Oh, and I still I, have it. I had a Weird
1: Al cassette, first cassette I ever bought, but it was not Dare to be stupid. It, mm. was, it was actually Alapalooza. Oh no! It was that was so we're talking ninety three. So that was the first cassette I ever owned, but it was Alapalooza with the Jurassic Park song. Oh yeah, sure. So that was my very first cassette that I ever owned. Oh, but yeah, cassette. I just think there really is something that you can never recreate. Even though I
2: feel like the eighties are trying to make a comeback style wise, I it's a fun- little bit. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I think style and culture goes in cycles. So you know, you come back and you like, oh, that was kind of fun. I like this part. I like this part. Um, the 80s were, were standalone, yeah. just a very weird, good time, coming yes. out of the 70s, which was just awful. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. I can't, I can't picture anything from the 70s that actually aged well. No. Other than some actors, well, or actresses. Yes. I I don't know, I'm talking out of my ass right okay, now. Okay,
1: fair enough. <laughs>
2: so let me turn around and talk out of my face. Let me T-
1: just talk out of your face, Greg. Loop yourself back around. We're on the welcome back chat, Greg. <laughs> All there right, I'm back. Here we go. So, I mean, there's a lot to kind of catch up on. What have you been up to
2: this, the last half of the summer? Because we didn't see each other for all of August. Well, uh, uh, the last time we hung out, I I went back to my house. Yep. And I've been sitting in my room ever since. So for 29 days, have you eaten? Uh, I have been eating. Okay. Um, but I really haven't left the house much or my room very often. Christy slipping cold cuts under the door? <laughs> yeah, just pushing it under the door, <laughs> covered in cat hair. it's the best salami that you can floss with (laughs) but (laughs) flossable salami (laughs) (laughs) it's like the Rhine. (laughs) anywho yeah no um just relaxing i guess you know it's funny coming off of recording macgyver for two years almost two years almost two years finally not having to do anything or you know watch any television or whatever um there was that just like but then yeah just catching up on the summer all of august in maine was absurdly hot it was i
1: mean brutally humid like it was
2: 100% humidity takes your breath away when you walk outside you instantly start sweating yeah absolutely Um, i kind of like that i do
1: to an extent but with the with the length that it went this summer it became like day 5 i was like we're done we're done i thought like, you like long can't things can't do well i do just not long stretches of heat or well being in heat is one th- is different than stretches of heat <laughs> got it you got that i do like the movie heat too oh man what a classic i know it's really good um but yeah i think it was necessary for us to just sort of like not record for a couple of weeks i think we'd gotten mm-hmm. to the point like we were recording two episodes of macgyver a week we we stupidly decided that releasing those episodes twice a week was a good idea mm-hmm. about season four we realized that we were not or wanted a to do it anymore and we stopped
2: we dropped back down to once a week
1: <coughs> yeah it was it was bad so i think that's what the decision was we're going back to the once a week format we're going to record once a week mm-hmm. one episode a week that's it done and we'll call it good. I
2: mean, I'm just gonna flash back again to the past year. It's not that we were just recording MacGyver, but we also overlapped a little bit of Champa Incline, the blow your mind years, exactly as we are coining that term now. Yes, and the 1440 where we recorded That's for right. 24 God, hours straight I forgot about that. So it, we we at one point had three podcasts running, which was absurd, and they were all kind of amalgamations of each other. Right. So you know, gotta you gotta you gotta tighten it up. You gotta you gotta tighten. You've Gotta make it tight. Tighten that up. But yeah, I just think. It was good for us to
1: sort of kind of like clear our brains like we didn't even watch the pilot of Knight Rider until last night. I know. And it was I mean, it was definitely um, and I'm glad that we we did it kind of at, at our satellite locations. Mm. Um, but it was it was it was a good month. Satellite from the studio. Satellite from the studio. It was a good month, though. We had a lot a lot to do. I traveled 22 out of the 31 days in August. That's awesome. Mm. Which was amazing, but also ridiculous and mm-hmm. highly, highly stressful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a lot. I mean, Kristen Kristen took the kids on vacation with her family. I had to stay home because I, I had to take the entire next week off. The following week, I was a camp counselor for 11th and 12th grade high school boys mm. at a camp for the entire week, which was actually an amazing amazing experience um i actually ended up taking a kid to a hospital mm. um he got a f- severely bruised kidney uh was playing a, a game with a couple of the guys and he took a shot in the the kid like drilled his shoulder into his kidney mm-hmm. got a really bad bruise there was some blood in place it was bad <laughs> so we got home from the hospital that night like 3 a.m mm-hmm. but taking away from that it was an amazing week and then i went to my parents had a cabin and we rented that cabin for the week we went down there with them and then my youngest eva started kindergarten last week Woo! first day i cried uncontrollably in the in the driveway Uh, i wish i could have been there to hold you (laughs) the day she got on the bus i guess that's your wife's job it was bad we cried a lot yeah well the funny part is is so the bus picks up on our side of the road which is great so she, they get on the bus, the door shuts, Eva waves goodbye with a big smile, I burst into tears, Kristen and I are sitting at the top of the driveway on her car crying, the bus <laughs> had to go to the end of our street and turn around and come back? Oh really? That So are you so, like at the end of one so of So we're at the end of the route, so the bus goes up like three more houses to pick up a few more kids, but then turns around at the end of our road and comes back down uh, our road. So Lucy at the end of the day was like, oh I saw you and mom standing on the top of the driveway,
2: what, what was going on? I said, we were crying. <laughs> On the top of the driveway because you both ended up going to school. You know, that this actually gives you a really unique opportunity to every day embarrass your children. Yes. Because they leave on the bus, and then when the bus comes back again, you can be doing something ridiculous. Oh, what a great idea! So that everyone on the bus knows to watch the Champa House on the way back. Because oh my gosh, absolutely. Lucy and-, <laughs> and Eva's parents are crazy.
1: We are nutbags. Um, but yeah, that was it. And then we took we took last week and kind of got back into the swing of school and work and jobs and everything like that. And here we are back kicking off the fall with. Uh... With some Michael Knight.
2: What the hell happened? It's September 6th. September 5th. We are recording oh, yeah, September okay. 5th. It is but September 5th. You it? will hear this all on September 9th. Like, what I'm, the hell? I'm all over the place. So, with my job, it's great. I have a really good time. Um, it's part time, but I can kind of make my hours here and there. If I can't make it in, I can come in late or whatever. So, it's really flexible. But as such, um, I've kind of lost track of days. Yeah. Um, and I have to also say, uh, this is the first, second, this is the second job. The second job I've had since college, yeah, f- fourteen years ago. So this is the first time I've had a summer doing something different. Yeah, absolutely. since college, which is insane to me. Oh, for sure. So this whole summer's been like a big vacation, um, which is pretty fun. That's awesome. Um, and finally got some camping in at the end of the summer. Yeah, we went I saw to our that. Favorite Hermit Island. Oh, I bet yeah. it was amazing. It was a great time. We got there. It was funny. We were packing the car, and I'm like, "Christy, did you did you pack the tarp?" It's like, "Yeah." I don't, we don't need a tarp. We don't need. It. We're only going to be there a couple of nights. I'm like, we should bring the tarp. She's like, okay, fine. Yep. We got there, got the tent set up, got the tarts. Tart. Oh, yes. I brought a whole. I brought a whole thing of tarts. Oh, whole tray amazing. of tarts. Amazing. Yeah, they were delicious. <laughs> After we ate all the tarts and got the tarp set up, it torrential downpour for 15 minutes. Oh, I bet. Like poured like <laughs> crazy. <laughs> and of course, this is we're we're watching the weather, and this is one of the two hottest days of the summer here and it was going to be clear skies and beautiful. Yeah. Good thing we brought that tarp. I'm glad you did. Yeah, cuz we would have been miserable. You would have yeah, you, you would yeah. not have recovered from that one. And yeah, you know, so <laughs> summer's winding down but really looking forward to the fall and what this show is going to bring to our lives. I I can't freaking wait. Um so
1: I have to play this. So we got we got a we got a last minute hotline message. And from from a from a really good a good good buddy out in in uh, social media land uh, Chris Braden from the More Gooder Than podcast mm. uh, he's been su- super supportive of the show he shouts it out every on the show on his show for those of you who haven't listened or heard the More Gooder Than podcast go find it and subscribe to it it's absolutely amazing hysterical <laughs> so Chris left us a hotline message and I'm just gonna let the hotline message speak for itself because it's uh, I, it made us laugh probably more than it should have because of the thoughts of what, um, what transpires over the course of this message. So, so we're going to let it play out, and here we go.
3: In a world where a benevolent shadow organization can bestow sentience onto a sweet ride comes a story about redemption, friendship, and eventually true love. Listen in as Greg and Dave delve into the show labeled by critics, the greatest love story of this or any generation. The touching tale of a man and his sexy car, Knight Rider will take you on an emotional roller coaster. See Michael and Kit meet for the first time at a local bookstore, bumping into each other as they both look for a copy of Eat, Pray, Love. Watch their first date, their first kiss, and their beautiful beachside wedding. Share their tears when they find out they can't have children, and smile when they decide to adopt a family van instead. The action, the drama, the man-on-car lovemaking. Be there for it all with Knight Rider.
2: And so
1: I sent you that, Greg, to tell you that it was there, and you put a visual in my head of, of Michael Knight sucking on Kit's tail. I think my favorite part of that is... Are they meeting in a bookstore <laughs> over the same copy of Eat, Pray, Love? Oh, my God. God oh. Oh, Chris, I got to tell you, man, that really made our entire day when we heard that. It um, sure did. And I got to tell you, because of that, Chris, you have won the official Knight Rider Vanity Plate, KARR, the evil version of Kit. Yes. So, Chris, hit us up. Facebook, wherever you want. Direct message us for your info. We will send you that uh, license plate as soon as is humanly possible. Maybe, you deserve it, boy. You, maybe we with love a it.
2: little uh, love letter or something.
1: I just, you know, maybe a little XOXO. Who knows? Mm. But uh, Chris, thank you for that. It was much appreciated, but definitely hit us up. We will, uh, we will send that out as soon as we
2: can. So if anybody <laughs> else uh, uh, wants to tell us any interesting stories through the course of this show, uh, it doesn't have to be Night Rider related at all. It can be general tales from your life Anything that uh, you might think that we find interesting, uh, funny or not, uh, prefer not terrible tragedy of family demise. Yeah,
1: we, we, I mean, you, you can, but we probably won't play it on the show, because right.
2: I don't want to be depressed for the rest of the episode. So f- feel free to give us a call. We have a hotline that uh, sure do. W- you can uh, either call us directly, um, let, me, let me just get my information in front of me. Yes, Greg, what do you, you got our hotline number out there for you? Everyone? All right.
1: 207-835-1954. Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. All right, Greg, you ready to head back to the 80s? I am there. All right. We got a couple of little bits here. So the first part of this is that I I asked a question out on on social media uh, about favorite, favorite 80s television shows, not including MacGyver and Knight Rider. And so, we got, a couple of, we got a couple of responses. The first one was from the Open the Podcast Doors Hal. It's a minute-by-minute minute 2001 Space Odyssey podcast. Uh, they wrote Night Court mm. and Max Headroom. Oh, shit. I, I mean, Night Court was a staple in my family growing up. Max Headroom... I have no knowledge of whatsoever. I know who he is, mm-hmm. but I've never seen the show or an episode of the show.
2: Yeah, I, I remember glimpses of Max Headroom and not really understanding it. I'm seeing more like stuff after the fact, but I don't remember it uh, actively in my my childhood.
1: Yeah, I don't remember too too much of that. Night Court, yes, Night Court was the best. Rest in peace, Harry Anderson. Um, The next one was from the uh, My Celluloid Heart podcast. Uh, That's a movie podcast. He put down two. The first one I'd never heard of called Tales of the Gold Monkey. An inter-island air transportation pilot finds
2: adventure. It ran for one season. And then then, uh, Jack Dalton ended up on MacGyver.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Jack Dalton was the golden monkey. (laughs) Uh, And the other one he wrote was The Greatest American Hero. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I, do you remember that one? No, I remember the name. That's the funny, like that's the part of growing up in the '80s, but being like young. I yeah. don't remember a lot of watching older, adult television. I I remember bits and pieces of it. I remember, the, but
1: this one, this guy who like he meets some aliens, and they give him this red suit that
2: gives him like these enormous powers. Does but, that uh, it gives him enormous? Like
1: it gives him like a lot of different powers, like flight. He becomes a crime fighter. A Superman. Yeah, basically. Um, with
2: enormous powers.
1: Ran for two seasons on, uh, or three seasons, actually, mm. back in, back in 80, 81, 82, and 83. And then, of course, we heard from, uh, so we got the Launching the Pilot podcast. They put just wrote Manimal. <laughs> okay, oh, <laughs> Apparently, Manimal's a big thing with them. Um, and then Luke, our good buddy Luke, who created our, um, our logo, he had some runners-up. He got the Dukes of Hazard. Mm. Uh, the Wonder Years, Transformers, Fraggle Rock, Married with Children, The Golden Girls, Mork and Mindy, The Muppet Show, and Night Court.
2: All good, solid All ones. All really solid shows. It's funny. So I, my memories are, are, are the ones that come to my mind are the ones I enjoyed, like Fraggle Rock. Yes. Other ones that pissed me off were Mork and Mindy. I never like watched. I, I could never get into it. Yeah, I never watched Mork and Mindy. Um, same thing with like Married with Children. Like, love drives me show. nuts I love I that show can't do it Absolutely
1: love that show You and I have come up with I, I did it differently You just sent me a whole list Of all your favorites I gave you my top three shows From the 80s oh. My favorite shows From the 80s So we're going to play A couple of theme songs A um, couple of ones From Greg's A couple of ones From mine So the first one Of Greg's Is, is going to be This one right here Come knock on our, door. Come and knock knock on our door. door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you.
0: Where
3: the kisses are fast Hers and hazardous. Hers. Hey,
1: threes coming eight two.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, John. Uh, rest in peace, John. I love you, buddy. Um. So Three's
2: Company Did you ever watch that Growing up Yeah I loved it Did you really Yeah I don't know why I think because my mom Liked it a lot So okay. we watched it together Alright And Jack Tripper Was just a trip He was the best
1: He was the best There's
2: a lot of jokes That I don't understand As a kid And now I'll have to Watch it again
1: somebody had recommended that we do that show yeah i would consider maybe the next iteration of of the the it was right up there towards the top yeah it was was definitely in our top um all right so this next one is from as one of my all-time favorite 80s television shows (laughs) it's just instrumental you recognize it wait a minute
2: You made this on your Casio, didn't you? Did not. This is Alf. Oh, it is. It's the theme song from Alf. But it's so
1: unremarkable. I know. Clearly, I didn't watch it for the theme song. <laughs> God, it's terrible. I never, re- I wouldn't have guessed that. That's the worst one. This one you'll probably recognize pretty well, Greg. This is one of your also favorites.
2: Oh, yeah, that's great. And it's really fun to watch showgirls now, too. Oh.
1: Rest in peace, Elizabeth Berkeley. Your career, (laughs) not your life. Sorry. Yeah, whoops. whoops.
2: Saved by the Bell is fantastic. It really is. And, and my wife loves it. We have, I think, I think all of the seasons. I bought Kristen the whole series at one point. I don't think we still own them. And but. watching it, you're like, these kids are a disaster. Oh, they're the worst. It's awful. Like, these are not role models at, at all, in any direction. No way. No any way. Any direction. Uh, still a good show, though. It um, is. All right, this one is from mine.
1: This is also one of my top favorite shows from the 80s. Um... Another instrumental. You don't get you know it. Is it Star Trek. It is yeah. it's the Next Generation. Greatest show, greatest science fiction show ever made. Listen to those French horns. Do, 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 do. Um, all right, Greg, you got another one here.
3: Life is like a Word. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes It's Here's
1: a duck, duck blur might solve the mystery Or rewrite history DuckTales. Woo! Way off me It's harmony DuckTales Woo! <laughs>
2: Classic Woo That was my Saturday morning jam That was fun The last time I heard that song Is when we did our, our podcast on uh, eighty TV shows. Was it the? I oh think, God, that was a way. Blow your back. mind like a year and a half. That ago? was a
1: long. That was like early. Blow your mind. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and this is one of mine. Also, one of my favorites. It's a sitcom from the eighties. Was the best. Sometimes the world looks perfect. Nothing. Do you know really what it is? Arrange.
0: Sometimes no. you just. Get a feeling need some kind of change. I don't know.
1: I'll give you a hint. One of the lead characters was from Meepos. Meatballs? Balls. Meepos. Perfect, stranger. Perfect strangers. Perfect stranger! Yes! Oh here it comes, here it comes. Ready?
2: It doesn't make sense, but like that's like the Elf one. This this per- it doesn't make sense. It makes perfect
1: sense. It all makes perfect me. sense. Mm. All right, Greg, we're gonna close out with the last one here. This is this is another classic from uh, from your from your noodle brain. I think it was a staple of our 1990s uh, life. But here it comes. Ninja Turtles. Ninja
3: Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Heroes
0: in a half shell. Eternal power
3: world's most and fighting team We're We're really hip
1: heroes in the half shell and they're green hey, get a when the evil <laughs> shredder attacks <laughs> These turtle boys don't, don't cut, them cut them no sack oh,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> teenage mutant ninja turtles oh, hearing that song makes me i i vividly remember what the action figure smelled like
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah. They're the best. They smelled so
2: good, and I sold them all at a yard sale because I'm an ass. How much did you sell them for? I don't remember. Probably not enough. Mm. Did you sell them for a I, lot? I don't know. Oh, okay. I, they're, as a, as, they're
1: gone. So classic eighties. If that doesn't get you in the mood for classic eighties television, I just don't know what it is.
2: <laughs> Our great singing. Our great sure singing, singing does.
1: Absolutely, we are the we are the best. We are the best singers, Greg. We are the best voices of. <laughs> In the world, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what else, Greg. What do we got? Anything else? We want to jump into the show here. Or do we have any any last minute, any last requests before we don't turn back? Before we don't turn back and we enter the world, uh, the world of Michael Knight. I want to go right into the night, David. Let's dive. Let's dive right into the night, guys. It's the uh, it's the pilot episode of Knight Rider. Season one, episodes one and two, "Night of the Phoenix."
2: Right off the bat, I have crazy flashbacks to MacGyver because Phoenix in the first episode. I don't know; it's just it seems a little too uh,
1: too perfect. This is a little weird and too coincidental. I'm right off the bat loving it. I, I mean, you texted me; I didn't get to finish it all last night, but you texted me. We're like, you're gonna love. Every second. I mean, I was hooked. If I wasn't so tired, I probably would have finished it. But oh man, <laughs> what a what a what a ride! As cliche as that is, no pun intended. But this, so you get the pilot episode. It's about it's ninety five minutes. It's a little bit longer than most pilots. It's kind of broken up into three pretty distinct parts mm. over the course of the ninety minutes. It's it's pre Michael Knight in Las Vegas like the first 15 minutes of the episode then you've got post Michael Long learning about Kit learning how to coexist with Kit mm. and then you've got Michael exacting revenge on the main antagonist of the episode just bloodbath it's just a it really kind of is a bloodbath <laughs> that that climax is like a straight up bloodbath for however bloody you could get in 1982 NBC mm. So it really breaks it up into each each of those parts pretty well. So I think we're going to kind of, like, chat about each specific part. So the first part of the show is a very long sequence on the Las Vegas Strip.
2: I I I dug it. So right off the bat, like, you know, the helicopter shots of the Vegas Strip, time shot of the 80s. It was great. Oh, absolutely. And the music and and just seeing... That's what I like about watching television from, you know, the past, like... And and unfortunately, saying how old we are, like it's starting to become like the past. Like it's, oh God, you know, know.
1: it's uh, the show was on the, the show premiered 36 years ago. Right. It's the year
2: I was born. So, yeah, the year after I was born. So good. Yeah. Good gravy. Good gravy. So that's what we grew up in. Right. And looking back, I'm like, man, that's great. And looking at photos of my family life. Yeah. I'm like, Shit. It, it, it's true. But is it weird, though,
1: that... So this show debuted in 82. MacGyver debuted in 85. Is it weird that this
2: show held up better and felt like it held up more successfully than MacGyver did? It's weird. So only having watched the pilot of Knight Rider. Right. Not only absorbing 90 minutes... It felt more put together exactly than seven years of MacGyver.
1: Exactly. Because we all always said that MacGyver was a capsule of seven years of the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This felt, and again, I can't judge it yet, but this really felt like I was looking at it. I'm like, wow. None of it felt overly dated.
2: And I don't know what that was. I don't know. It felt more. I may, it might have just been the pilot that it was intended to be a longer, a longer sure. run. It felt more cinematic. Right. And I think it might have been shot differently. I don't know whatever right it felt it felt more yeah plot was the it plot was, was taken care of
1: definitely I don't know. more plot driven i felt way more plot driven because you know again we're gonna do this a little bit for the first couple episodes but like you know macgyver was a 48 minute pilot mm-hmm. this was 95 minutes they had a lot more time to really draw this out and we'll learn a little bit later in this that there was a lot of stuff that they actually had to film after they had shot a big chunk of the pilot mm. um So, the first thing you notice is that you see this big bushy hair from the back, and you're like, oh, there's Hasselhoff. And it turns around and it's a completely different actor. Mm -hmm. Um, But he has David Hasselhoff's voice. (laughs) So, this lead actor, Michael Long, has been overdubbed with David Hasselhoff's voice. What was
2: that actor's name? Larry Anderson. Larry Anderson. Wow, that's just such a generic name. Right, right, exactly. I, I'm Larry Anderson. I I've been in six hundred and forty two pilots. Right. So <laughs> I felt bad for this guy. So this I guess the story
1: behind that goes is that they realized that the whole opening casino act mm. was actually required to make sense of the rest of the plot. So they I love it. shot, wrote, and filmed. All of these scenes rather quickly, mm. which is why they called Larry Anderson in to play Michael Long so they could write in the scene of Michael getting the face transplant. <laughs> How? Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where the original script opened. If it opened with Michael Long in the hospital bed post face transplant, that wouldn't have made any sense. Right. So that's what I'm saying here
2: is they're like they had to do this to make sense of any of this plot. And, and it worked. I mean, it did, to say that it felt rushed is not correct. But it was just enough information to make the rest of it fit. Right. Like, it was just, like, the bare-bones amount of backstory of how Michael Long got to where he is. Right, because you notice, too, it
1: it, it feels a little disjointed because the first 10, 12 minutes uh, pre-Michael Knight coming into the scene is... This whole story about like espionage and like you know th- this this uh this chief of security who's like stealing money mm-hmm. and, and stealing this vital information that really doesn't much come into play later on because you see this woman taking pictures of all of these like circuit boards and pictures of circuits and things like mm-hmm. that that don't really come into play because at the end of the episode, it really becomes a story of michael knight 's vow and plot for revenge against the woman who shot him in the face. <laughs>
2: in the face in the face so
1: we'll talk about the face shot because there's a really funny explanation for how he survived the face shot but we'll get into it in a minute um, you were going to say something well I was
2: going to say so again like the the weirdness of how this this feels having just come off of MacGyver is extrapolated even more by the fact that we just played the first session of the MacGyver escape room right. game and the girl that was taking photos in the pilot of Night Rider, of yeah. those circuit boards and things, it looked like the circuit board from the MacGyver Escape Room game that yes. you had to piece together. To, it was like the weirdest coincidence... I- Thinking back on it, it absolutely made sense. And there's no way that we could have known because that Escape Room game has been released just in the past month or two. Yeah, like end of July. So weird. Yeah, it was super bizarre. But anyway, I think we're going to find a lot of these similarities, not not only just through actors, but in the stuff that happens within the show. Right. Now, I have this theory that all television from the 1980s takes place in the same universe. You
1: think it's all interconnected. It's so, all so interconnected. like Knight Rider, MacGyver, Chips, MASH, it's all happening. So well, actually MASH would make sense because it's yeah. over in the <laughs> So <laughs> it's
2: not like it's like the Marvel universe or whatever, but all of 80s television is from the 80s universe. It's all and interconnected. it all fits because if you look at, you know, try to connect them, the plots don't always make sense, the things finish in funny ways, it's because it's the world. I really like this theory. Absolutely. Um, And the other thing
1: you'll notice, too, is not only did they dub David Hasselhoff over Larry Anderson, but in the scene right before he gets shot in the face, he's in shadow. It's very clearly David Hasselhoff standing in front of his Trans Am. (laughs) I know. Just in the shadows. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so the whole story goes is that Michael Long is basically has been double crossed by this woman, Tanya Walker who basically turns on him at the end of this casino in the Las Vegas scene, shoots Michael Long in the face, and leaves him for dead out on the side of the road. In the face! In the face! Terrible! (laughs) Awful! He gets just Just ah. brutal, like, falls, like, slams into the hood of the car, Mm -hmm. rolls off, and lands face down on the dirt. Mm -hmm. Now, explain to me how we so we meet the next
2: character, Wilton Knight. Mm -hmm. How did he find Michael Knight... So this is something I'm hoping will get explained throughout okay. the series, which I don't know. So the, in this pilot, like so far, we know that Michael Long is a police officer, a detective. I think he was a undercoat. detective. Yeah. Okay. And he has some he has some backstory. He's new on the force, I think. Yeah. Um, they said something about that, and later in the episode, Michael Knight talks about his past, right? Which presumably is Michael Long's past. (laughs) Right. Um, We'll get into that later. So he obviously has a history, maybe, of military background. He's got some law enforcement, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. So I'm hoping that Mr. Knight, Wilton. 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 Wilton Knight, we learn his motivation for tracking Michael Long and figuring out everything here. Because we learn that he's trying to Thwart all these bad guys in the first place, right? So he must have just been keeping his eye out and watching Mike along, and would w- just swooped in at the right moment.
1: I, that had to be what it is. So they like they life flight him to Wilton Knight's mansion. I gotta
2: ask though, did they have life flight in
1: 1982? No, they didn't life flight him. They just took him in Wilton's helicopter, right? Yeah, because uh, it
2: didn't exist. I don't think they
1: give him facial reconstruction surgery. Now the best part of this is as they're explaining that they're explaining the X-ray. Apparently, Michael Long from, I think it was Vietnam, mm-hmm. had a metal plate in his head. So when the bullet hit his metal plate, it didn't go any further into the brain, but just bounced back out of his face and blew off the front of his face. It's not, funny. not funny. Just like, as I'm thinking about this explanation, because that's basically what they said. Like, the bullet hit the plate, bounced back out of his face.
2: It ricocheted out of his
1: face. And kept him alive.
2: Okay, and I'm thinking like 1982 facial transplant to look that good. Not not just that 1982 facial transplant and some billionaires' castle mansion, right? In in like in, in like a side room, like in not in a living room, right? But like in this huge mansion with this operating table there. Not well, it's just like a a bed, a gurney. So who knows where they did this operation?
1: Right, exactly in the garage. And so you know the 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 gauze comes off and like without any scarring. No sweat, nothing. Yeah, David Hasselhoff opens his eyes. It, uh, it, it looks pretty, like he was—he
2: is beautiful. It looks like he was just born. Seriously, like, as a full-grown man, he is gorgeous. I know the hair, everything. Well, I—I I, I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with David Hasselhoff looks like today. So back to childhood, going into the '90s, I watched Baywatch. So yeah, I'm familiar with the Hoff. Yeah, but seeing him, you know, as. Baby-faced Hoff, like under all the gauze and the sweat, you know. I mean, looked good. I mean, four—he spent four days in a coma
1: mm-hmm. to wake up looking like that with no surgical scars, right? But he, so his face has been changed. His fingerprint prints have been completely cleared, mm-hmm. and they don't exist. And like, so like Michael Long no longer exists. And
2: then there's a backstory of how Wilton Knight grabbed a body out of the nearby medical school and swapped <laughs> yes, them. <laughs> yes! It's like put a dead body just like in a cadaver farm. Oh, that's a piece of cake. <laughs> so, okay, fine. Michael Long's body is accounted for, but what about the medical school? Like, now they're short a cadaver. Right, they're going to the cadaver
1: farm, and there's we're missing a bo- So somebody has robbed a body from a science building. But it's cool though because it was probably Wilton Knight. He does this all the time. Oh, don't he, worry about who, it.
2: Who's that guy over there putting that uh, gurney in the Oh, truck? that's
1: billionaire Wilton Knight. Don't worry about him. He does this all the time. It's fine. Just let him go. Billionaire Wilton Knight. <laughs> he steals bodies. <laughs> he, steals, he steals bodies for a living. So, <laughs> apparently Wilton Knight is like really really sick and he's hmm. dying. And so his whole thing, so he created this um the the oh, what the hell's the name of it night industries not night industries 2000 that's the name of kit um what the hell was the name of the he he created a company you just like said as it. an offshoot of night of night 2000 you said it like before we started recording. oh night industries that's what it was oh okay which was the crime it's the crime fighting wing of oh. like his billionaire uh his billionaire company and he basically asks Michael. He's like, you know, I believe one man can really make a difference, and I think you're that man. You need to carry on this legacy, and you need to fight crime one person at a
2: time. And the funny thing is, Michael's like, "What the shit are you talking about? I just want to about? get in my car and go. I just want to get my <laughs> life back." And like, Michael's like jogging around, and you see, he had a very unique way of running, <laughs> yes. like like the way that um, Mugatu runs in Zoolander yes. to show the Derek the Derek Zoolander, yeah, Center yeah, yeah, children who yes. are good. That's kind of how he runs. But anywho, like, yeah, Michael Knight's just kind of hanging – well, at the moment, still Michael Long. It's Michael Long. Oh, that's right, because he hasn't been given his new identity he's yet. He's just kind of recuperating in this billionaire's mansion, um, looking really good, you know, yeah. feeling good, not really having any desire to leave right now. Right. You know, his insurance is not paying for anything because he's dead. Right. I don't get – it's just a very weird dynamic. Yeah. And, and And Wilton's just like, you know, you're the – you you're what i'm looking for and or you know he's just being weird with michael he's like keeping him there yeah yeah I,
1: I like that was he kept saying he's like you're the one i've been looking for you're you're the one who can carry on this like this crime fighting crusade against right. all the bad people in the world but i've done something to your car and he's like, well, can you just give me my car back? Like, I, I want to go. And he's like, he keeps seeing, like, these people going in and out of this garage and uh-huh. Wilton's mansion. And he's like, people are going in all hours of the day.
2: Like, what the fuck is going on in there? And he's trying to get, so th- th- have we introduced Devin yet? We're about to introduce Devin. So you do it because I just blew it. No, go ahead. Devin Miles. Is Devin the- Miles is like, he's like Wilton's right hand man. The guy that gets everything done and that's trying to fulfill Wilton's dreams. Right. And is working on the Night Industries 2000, which we haven't met yet. Right. Um, and he's like, when's it going to be done? When's it going to be done? Because Wilton's concerned, basically, he's going to die soon. He's got about a month. Uh, and so that's the only real reference to a timeline here that I see. Right, exactly. Right when they've taken the bandages off of uh, Michael Long's face, yeah. Wilton and Devin kind of step off to the side and they're chatting. He asks about the, the Night Industries 2000. Devin says, probably about a month. And Wilton's like, well, I, I hope I ha- have that. I hope much I'm there. Time. For, I'm in a month, yeah. Uh, a couple of, I don't know how long goes by. I don't know. The scene where, where Michael Long's running uh, talks to Devin again after that. And he's like, I want I want the Night Industries 2000 done in 48 hours. Right. Because I think so, he realizes he's he's like... He he's just, like, I, I don't feel good. He doesn't have much time left. And Devin's like, 48 hours? He doesn't sound like that. Right. 48 hours?
1: Right. What are you talking about? Right. And so at this point, too, like, Wilton has kind of promoted Devin as the director of the Foundation for Law and Government, or FLAG for short. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I think is interesting about the Foundation for Law and Government... Their philosophy is that they will take direct action as potentially the only feasible solution. Whereas the Phoenix Foundation was basically a hands off approach to the most non violent means possible.
2: So, basically, what we have here are two forms of parenting.
1: Correct. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, like, the f- flag will basically go in, they'll go in for the kill as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Phoenix Foundation. Well, let's just see what well, happens Well, let's set here. Let's up just, a safe little place and see what they it, do. Let's just let it, sit for, let's let it fester for a couple of weeks while everyone dies around them. Yeah, Right. I'm going Flag almost 90% of the time. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so Devin has now become like the director mm. of Flag. And so he's like, oh shit, this is serious. So this is the point right before Wilton dies that it's revealed to Michael Long that he is no longer Michael Long, but he is Michael Knight and he has been given a completely new identity. Mm-hmm. ID, social security card, credit cards, everything—everything everything has been erased on Michael Long. He does
2: not exist. We we did skip over a section though, where, yeah. where Michael Long breaks, not breaks in, walks into the garage, yes, and meets Kit in the dark. Oh, what a great moment! I know, and we get this beautiful shot of like Kit's grill and just the uh, the oscillating light yeah. in the front.
3: Wah, 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 wah.
2: Did you like that from below? Below Michael Knight's ass through his legs. Mm. You see Kit in the distance.
1: It was amazing, just like the one spotlight on Michael Knight, and you just see the red light of mm-hmm. the, f- the front of the Trans Am going back and forth.
2: But the only thing I could think of when Michael Knight was creeping in, in this garage was when Murdoch went to talk to Hit. That's what I thought of as <laughs> soon as I saw it, Murdoch gets out of the Jeep in front of Hit. Wouldn't it be funny if Murdoch got out of out of out of Kit and just walked off?
1: Happy Halloween, Michael! <laughs> I'm like the fuck
2: are you? That bizarre pre-crossover. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so he he does. He meets Kit, and Kit is basically like an indestructible vehicle.
2: But this is where this is kind of where I did get confused a little bit. So Michael keeps asking for his car. He's like, "I left my car in the desert. This is my car. This is the one I left in the desert. You repainted it. Oh, that looks good." And and Devin's like, "No, it's is completely different." Right. So was it his car and just in the past like 6 weeks while he was recuperating they turned it into the supercar that's or oh, did they just oh, ditch michael's original car and had this transam anyway I feel, like they, I feel anyway? like they just ditched it because they said that they've been working on
1: the night industries 2000 vehicle it feels like it's been worked on for a long time yeah. so for them to just take michael's old transam and just like transplant the body of <laughs> I don't think that's I think they just junked The Trans Am, and we're like, oh, here's or
2: or they just left it in the desert because they didn't need it. (laughs) That's true too. That's probably what they did. Oh, know what they did? They that's what they did. They stuffed the body from the medical school in the trunk of Michael Long's Trans Am, and pushed it in the river. That's exactly what they did. (laughs) That
1: is that's that's it. How about that?
2: Perfect. Until told otherwise, that's what
1: they did. So, so after after Wilton dies. Michael has taken Kit out for a ride. And I love this, these like driving montages with Michael and Kit. And he's looking for music to play.
2: Well, first, the first drive was with Devin, which is great. And they're like, yeah, Michael drives through the garage door because Devin's like, ah, I wish you'd let me open it first. (laughs) That's right. It's funny things like that. And it's great. And um, yeah, then it goes off to Michael finally leaves, has his new ID. Um, He's Michael Knight now. Yes. And he's off to this new place called Silicon Valley. Right, where apparently this this
1: Tanya Walker, she works in Silicon Valley. Devin got like a phone call, like during the scene that says that told him that Tanya was there, and Michael's like, "Okay, well that's where we're going."
2: Devin's, but Devin's like, "How did you hear that? You eavesdrop on me?" He's like, "He's like, no, you were yelling it as loud as like, possible. I could, I could hear you. Like,
1: I could hear you from a long way away. You wouldn't, you didn't have to talk that loud. I could hear you <laughs> just fine. Thank you. It very was great. Much. Uh, um, so." Is this so? This is the scene where he's heading into Silicon Valley and he's looking for music to listen it's to. Like, well, let's better get some music on. And Kit comes in and starts talking to Michael about the music. And he's like, "Well, I'll, I'll, why don't
2: you let me?" He's like, "No, I want to choose my own music." He's like, "What the hell is this?" He stops the car. Yeah. He's like, "Who the hell is this? Where are you? What do you want?" Like, <laughs> I am the Night Industries Two Thousand Kit, if you prefer. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's just so great. It was I love their back and forth
1: because uh, like Michael basically tells Kit like. Um. So here's the deal: either you shut your mouth, Kit, or I'm gonna have Devin pull your plug. Shut up, and just let me drive my car. That's all I want to do. Well, oh, all right, Michael. Mm, and he just like okay. disappeared. I love how he just keeps disappearing. Like and he just refuses to talk. Yeah, to like Michael. Kit just disappears.
2: Yeah. What I think is cool though, it's like so basically Devin explained that it's not so much a driver as a pilot. You pilot, Kit. Yeah, And if you tell Kit to do so, it will take over. He, he will take over yeah. and do things that are best. And Kit is programmed to protect human life, specifically Michael Knight's life. Somehow he's like biologically linked to Kit. Do you think they put some kind of implant in Michael? They probably put some of Michael's DNA into the console <laughs> of the Knight Industries 2000. Or, or Oh God, wouldn't that be awesome? Like he's digging through the glove box and he finds like his old face.
1: Oh god, what
2: is that? <laughs> I kept that I kept that as a souvenir for you, Michael. Don't be cross with me, Michael.
1: <laughs> I was just trying to help. That's my that's my face. That's my old face. Get my old face out of here. So <laughs> I love this. I'm like, first of all, the music was some of the music was good. So he puts on the radio and the first song as we get we get the fucking eagles. I know. It's like, oh my god, the eagles of all
2: songs. So this is the this is the Take part. It no wonder Michael falls asleep. I know. I was like, this is the music that you pick, Michael? It's so damn boring. But think about it. This is 1982. I don't think Kit's equipped with an 8-track. Probably doesn't have a cassette player. It no. should. <laughs> Watch it have a laser disc. Zinc. It takes up half the dash. <laughs> but like thinking about it, like Kit has an AM-FM radio. Yeah, that's all he's got. Probably. It's the 80s. It doesn't have CDs yet. Definitely doesn't have any over-the-air kind of this XM satellite radio. So
1: let's, let's talk about Michael getting pulled over by the cops for falling asleep and what he does
2: to get out of getting arrested or getting a ticket. So Michael's driving with his head against the window and Kit's like, Michael, wake up. Michael, wake up. And You're going to get in trouble. Like The cops start seeing him. The cops are like, is that guy dead or asleep? How's he driving like that? I
1: would have loved to have seen Kit like steer the car this way and then slam it to the right and slam <laughs> Michael's head into the window.
2: It's bulletproof, so he's Bump. not going to break it. That's, That's like, awesome. Psh,
1: oh, fuck. What? What? I'm
2: awake. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. But it's the first, like, we, we really get to know Kit right off the bat, which I think is fun. Yeah. Because Kit is such... Ha- how on earth do you deliver a character who's a car to a brand new audience in a right. relatively short amount of time? Right. So I guess the question is this: We came into it knowing that Kit k- talks and it has a personality. Right. I wonder what it was like coming into it cold. You know? Yeah. Oh my God,
1: the car talks! That's awesome. It would have been amazing because I'm wondering if like promotional commercials back in the '80s even touted the fact that the car talked. I don't know. Because that first moment that he talks about music with, with Michael, I think it would have been a killer introduction to this character. All of a sudden, you're like, shit, this car talks. You find out at the same time Michael Knight finds out. Mm-hmm.
2: It would have been amazing. I think it's also a really cool deliberate choice that they chose to introduce Kit when Kit and Michael were alone, not with Devin, when Devin wasn't there. Right. Even though Kit could have talked then. Right. But Absolutely, it never did.
1: It was it was really interesting. So yeah, so Michael gets pulled over for sleeping, and uh, I love Kit's response. Kit's answer is, "Well, just pretend you're deaf." It's <laughs> like, oh my god, really? Yeah. And so, rather than Michael try to like sign, he gets out with like a cricked neck and just starts screaming at the cops. Yeah, like you're gonna have to talk into this ear.
2: I, he's like, "What? What are you deaf, sir? What? I can't talk into this ear." And he's like screaming I at know. them. And the idea is that he was. His head, he was. it looked like he was driving with his head against the window, but he really just has a big kink in his neck. Right. And that's it. And he couldn't hear the siren. And the cops are like, you got to look in your rear view more. We've been flashing our lights for five miles. And he's like, oh, all right, thank you. And they oh. just send him back on his way. And that's it. <laughs> like, and, and Michael <laughs> talks to the kid. He's like, I, I, I think this is going to happen some more. <laughs> he's like, I don't think this is the last time I've run into this situation. Right. Now, here's the funny thing. Michael michael law- Michael, Goddamn, Michael Knight, yes, complete new identity, has no past, and every the people who wanted to kill him think he's dead, right, you think he'd try to be a little more subtle in general, one would think he really isn't <laughs> at all,
1: ever no because we learn in the very next scene when Michael finds out that so he gets to Silicon Valley and finds out that a lot of these these employees of this place called that, that uh, Tanya works at a lot of the employees of this place this business called Comptron work at a kind of hang out at a bar called the House of the Rising Sun mm-hmm. so Michael arrives at the bar and goes in and
2: immediately causes a scene in this bar with, he, all, of the, with all of the patrons but he doesn't he simply asks his waitress, "Do you know anybody that works at That's Comtron? Right. Do you know? Do you know anyone by the name of Tanya Walker?" And she's like, "Oh!" And she, and sh- she spills the drink on him right. just for asking who Tanya Walker was. Right. And apparently that was
1: enough for all the patrons to be like,
2: "You best get yourself out of here right now. You
1: have no idea what you're walking into." Right. What
2: the? F- and, and this really? girl stomps, stomps off, quits her job right there. Michael's like, "I guess I better settle up." Or it's like, "I gotta leave," and leaves. And then one of the other girls nearby from the Comtron biz company or whatever right? Like, I hear you're looking for Tanya. Who are you? I'm like, I'm just a friend. Just looking for somebody. She's like, what do you need? It's like, my own business. Just tell her I'm, or what, how can I find her. Basically, she gives them the information on how to find Tanya. Right. And Michael drives off. Right. So this woman's name is
1: Maggie, and she actually becomes a fixture later on in the, in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, not for very long. But she she kind of becomes this this fixture on when when she runs into Michael a little bit later, a little bit later on in the episode. So Michael is talking with another Comtron employee as they're walking out of the bar, and it also this whole thing proceeds and ends in kind of like a fairly large bar brawl. <laughs> isn't no, this, no, isn't this, this is the, the scene n- nope, with the nope, bar brawl. Nope, that's the second scene. See, I don't even remember this. This is no. Going, so the first we're going back to my in, idiotic
2: MacGyver bullshit. Where I know I can't you remember can't anything. remember anything. <sighs> I love you. Go ahead, Greg. What happens <laughs> next? <laughs> um, yeah, no. Basically, and he goes off, um, f- trying to figure out where this Tanya is. Right. And I think the next scene cuts to Tanya, like she knows that someone's looking for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just trying to figure out who who is this guy. Search around, find out what you can. Right. And basically, I think they do. Yeah. Um. So, the waitress that ran out, her name um, was what? Maggie. Maggie. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, the waitress that ran out is Maggie. Michael kind of comes back looking for her to apologize or just try to see what was going on. Right. She is rip shit. She's oh, super absolutely. mad. Basically, he kind of calms her down and says, Look, I'm simply, she's not a friend of mine. I'm just trying to find her. What do you know? And basically, you find out that Maggie's life has been ruined. Her, husband, her husband's dead. Um, oh yeah, she's, she's a terrible she's bankrupt. She used to work for Comtron, um, but she's bankrupt or whatever. She has no money, and she's working at this this not nudie bar, but it's like this it's
1: just a this po- trashy dunk little bar in yeah. the ass end of nowhere. Yeah,
2: to make money to help support her son. Right. Um,
1: well, it's even worse because it doesn't
2: the story with the husband go that like the husband went out on a business trip and just never came back. Right. That's what you learn. <laughs> that basically her husband, I think, started Comtron. Right. And she was, like, you know, helping him. So they were, like, she was, like, not operating officer or whatever you want. So she was helping him. And then Tanya comes along, um, basically takes over his position, and just starts changing a lot of things. Right. Um, And her husband started looking deeper into what she was doing because stuff just didn't feel right. Exactly. Until one day he just didn't come home. And they found him, like, the next couple towns over dead, said that he was drunk and he fell off a cliff. And she's, like, that's funny because he didn't drink. Right. And Michael Knight's like, oh fuck, yeah, kind shit. of shit. And you know, and basically, at this point, Michael and Ta- uh, M- Michael and and Maggie are in, in Kit together, right? Because Maggie backed into Kit with her little VW bug and knocked her fender off the back of her car, <laughs> right? Yeah, she's like, damn it. Michael's like, I'll fix it. I'll have it paid for. Right, right, right. Um, right. Basically, um, <clears throat> she she he brings her home. And that's where you meet her son, Buddy. Buddy, but
1: buddy. <laughs> buddy. I really, th- I didn't realize his name was Buddy until too long into the episode. But it's really Buddy.
2: It's his name was actually Buddy. Yeah, that's just not it's, it's great. It's, it's a terrible name. My Buddy, my Buddy. Did you, did you have a My Buddy growing up? Nope. I did. Mm. My
1: brother colored on his face with a crayon. Did and it, it talk
2: rid- to you in the middle of the night? Yep. Creepy. I named him Kevin. your imaginary pool friend my imaginary pool friend Kevin (laughs) that's a totally another story anyway so
1: after Michael leaves Maggie's apartment um, he's trying to get Tanya's attention basically he's like I just want her to know that I'm here so Michael enters Kit into the Comptron sponsored demolition derby which is amazing it's basically like fancy cars put into a demo derby and they just, I don't even know, they, they're not they're, even supposed to destroy each
2: other. Yeah, are, they are. Oh, are that's they? the whole point of a demolition derby. That's right. the entire point. To I, like the I, cars. I felt like there was a line in there about how none of the cars were actually get hurt. Oh, no. Oh, okay. No, all not right. at all. No, they're supposed to come out in pieces. Oh, like, okay. So basically, the track is a figure eight. They all start out together, but as they start spreading out, they're going to have to cross the, the diamond in the center at the same time. Yeah. That's the point. And my, basically, Michael gets there i en- love this scene. enters kit to get tanya's attention he actually goes and talks to tanya face to face he says hey i want to get some like, owner owner pit tickets for my friends here like um, maggie and her son and like i want this and this and i'm entering the car and then i want to take the prize money and donate it to your charity did
1: you get the sense that when michael was talking to tanya the way he was talking to her was like he wanted tanya to recognize him yes but I'm like, you're, she's
2: not going to recognize <laughs> But And that's the other thing. So M- Michael, Michael Knight, you know, brand new identity and everything, isn't doing anything to protect it. Right. He's just out for blood. He just right. wants to kill her. Yeah. Or st- fuck up whatever they're doing. Exactly. So, like, he doesn't do anything to prevent... <laughs> He's not even protecting Kit as, who knows, Knight Industries' probably most valuable possession. Anyway, he enters the Kit and himself... In um in the demolition derby and lo and behold smokes everybody oh and absolutely comes out without a scratch because um Tanya's not Tanya Maggie's son Buddy Buddy hides out in the back of Kit and ends up sitting in the passenger seat with Michael as they're driving around and just starts pushing yeah, he's buttons like, oh what's this do and it's like oil slicks out the back and it kills the cars oh what's this do smoke
1: screen comes out behind the back of the car right.
2: And it, it was, it's the funny thing because Michael's never used this thing before. He's like, I'll figure it out on the fly. And I love Michael's like, stop pushing buttons. I'm like, well, the kid's actually doing a pretty good job. Yeah, he's doing a pretty good <laughs> job. So basically, in the end, he gets Tanya's attention. He pulls up past Tanya as they're, as they're driving down. He's like, I got your attention now. Meet me at the, uh, what the, hell's it the House of the Rising Sun. House of the Rising Sun tonight, and I'll, t- I'll tell you what I got for you.
1: Right. Um, so this is where you're thinking of the second fight. This. Okay, you're right. So instead of Tanya being there... It's all the guys from the Demo Derby who were basically like, well, Tanya told us to meet you here just to have a little bit of a conversation. Yeah. And, and it just turns into this complete and utter like barroom And blitz. it's funny because
2: Michael's like, I hate to tell you guys, but I'm trained in martial arts.
1: And he houses them.
2: He destroys everybody. <laughs> yeah, But they uh, all end up in jail, which yeah. is kind of funny. And Kit gets impounded. Yeah. So Michael's calling Devin from the jail saying, hey, you know- um, I kind of got a problem. I got a, I'm, I, it, it's on trumped up charges. I'm arrested, and uh, Devin's like, "Well, where's Kit? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Right. Well, they impounded it, so I think that they went and took it to Comtron to pull it apart. Right. Exactly. And Devin's like, ah, like I'll be out there. I'll be out there to bail you out as soon as I can. Did
1: you notice the song playing in the bar when they were fighting? It could not have been more in, like. No, what was it? Pat Benatar. Oh, really? Hit hit me with your best shot. Oh God! As they're fighting in the bar, I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, cut the shit. So tacky. (laughs) It was so so bad. bad. So. While Michael is having kind of a heart to heart with one of the bar the bar mates, who actually is kind of a that guy, it's uh, Charles Napier. Oh yeah, he's he great. He basically plays a cop in almost any movie he's ever been in, and he's so good. <laughs> he played at this uh, part.
2: the lead singer of the Good Old Boys and the Blues Brothers. Yes,
1: he did. Uh, well, this is, yeah, this, this would have been two years after the Blues Brothers that he did this.
2: Oh really?
0: Okay. Um,
1: yeah. So they're having this like heart to heart and it's kind of intercut with scenes of Kit like
2: reactivating in the impound lot. Right. And after they tr- so they brought it to Comtron and they're trying to take open Kit's doors and they can't. They they said they've gone through four diamond bits and they can't open Kit. They can't break into it. Nothing's nothing. working. Absolutely. Uh, and basically they give up, I guess, and that's where Kit wakes up on his own. It's funny I'm calling it on his own. Right. And uh drives through the doors and leaves. And basically goes to find Michael. Yep. And that's the thing. Like, this is where I am wondering: Did they put something in Michael? How did Kit find? That's what I am saying. They must have put some some biological piece of Michael into (laughs) Kit's internal memory, so that it was almost like Michael's GPS chip. Well, why didn't they just put something inside of Michael? Get inside the maybe they implanted Michael with a with a Kit chip, so that Kit could maybe that.
1: (laughs) That's probably easier than implanting a piece of Michael into a car. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. put a fucking, I didn't realize that's
2: really what you were getting at. Put a loja. I'm such an idiot. Let's put a... Let's you put need a, to
1: find a new co-host. Let's I'm, put, out. <laughs> I'm done. I can't do it anymore.
2: David broke himself. Well, this is what happens when we don't record for 29 days. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, I'm guessing that they maybe put some kind of, you know, radio suppository inside of Michael. <laughs> Yep, that's exactly what they do. He, he has to put it in every morning. Now, I think you wrote this. You wrote the same note here, and I love
1: this line where Michael says, "And I can't remember the context." He, lo- I think it was with Charles Napier,
2: and he tells him to sit and spin. Right, Charles Napier's like, "So what do you?" They're basically kind of having like just idle talk. He's like, "So what are you doing?" What do you? This is where you learned a little bit about Michael's background. He said, "I oh, used to do some like uh, uh, special op stuff in the in Vietnam." Yeah, oh, that's right, and the Marines or whatever he said. I, I don't remember. I watched it last night. By the way, new listeners, that's how this show operates. Right. <laughs> hey, what happened next? I don't know. We watched it 2 hours ago. I don't know. If that's I fine. Know what happened? But yeah, so basically Napier, well, let's call him Napier because that's who he is. Right. I was asking him, so, well, what are you going to do? What like what's the plan? What who are you going to working for and this and that? And Michael basically just takes his, his thumb and goes, "Sit and spin." <laughs> I use that line a lot. We usually with the middle finger, like hey, right. Sit and spin. Sit I and spin, love it, buddy.
1: Oh, it's so great. Sit and spin. Um, and it's at this point that Kit breaks
2: through the brick walls into the prison. Right. Gets Michael, and they just bomb out of there back to. I know track. the cops are like shooting at him, and Michael just hops in the car. <laughs> but he, oh, does he get shot? He doesn't get shot yet. He doesn't, yet. Get, shot he doesn't yet. get shot yet. He doesn't get shot yet. So this is my one of
1: my favorite scenes next. So they get to the parking lot of Comptron, and they're like, well, the best way you're going to have to get in here, Michael, is if you get up on through the roof. Well, how am I supposed to get out through the roof? Well, if you set your chair pressure to 600, you should be able to have a nice, soft landing up on the roof. But please be sure to open up the roof first.
2: Oh, cheeky car. Fine. <laughs> so basically, yeah, we learned that we we skipped over those tertiary characters that yeah. you can hop back to. Yeah, But we learned that Kit has ejection <coughs> seats. Yeah, which is awesome.
1: It, we, it's, it's, it was fantastic. And so... We do. There's There are these, these kind of idiot crooks who, throughout the course of the episode, are trying to steal Kit, mm-hmm. which ends with them being ejected out of Kit onto a police car.
2: Because they, they successfully steal Kit when Michael leaves the door open once it goes to call to De- Because for as high-tech as Kit is, Michael still has to use a payphone to get in touch with Devin. <laughs> right there's no is there no cell phone in this car you would think you would think that there's some sort of because later in the episode he does call Devin on like some short wave or something oh yeah that's right I, yeah I don't know so it's the 80s it doesn't have to make sense that was great so yeah so Michael sets
1: the sets the pressure on his chair to 600 opens the roof and just like le- very calmly
2: and gently just phew, poof, shoot just kick, gets, like up. launched up onto the roof I was like oh well look at that <laughs> it
1: was amazing and
2: he just kind of looks around and he's like huh oh Alright, well I guess
1: this was uh this is exactly what needed to happen. So he kinda gets in there and he's walking around and he finds out that so Tanya and all of her colleagues have made their way to basically the top of the Comtron Corporation. Mm-hmm. And what they're planning to do is steal like millions of dollars of valuable computer chip technology mm-hmm. from Comptron and sell it. Okay. Uh and that's the plan. So Michael's trying to get in to Comptron to Bust Tanya!
2: Yeah, basically thwart her plans, thwart her plans, and confront her. Which all this time it's just it's really funny. So they know Kit escaped on on its own somehow, right? And now they're freaking out, right? Um, So basically, Tanya says, "I have to go up and get the data. It's on my computer. I'm going to go get it." Right. Michael Knight's already in her office, kind of poking around. He hears her coming, right, and hides. Hides in the darkness. Of course he does. Tanya comes in. She has a revolver with her. But she puts it down on the desk and starts poking around on the computer, and I guess downloads everything onto a seven and a half inch floppy. Now, I'm not gonna make fun of technology because it was 35, 36 years ago, right? But it's just like, it's just comparing everything now. It's just you see it, and you're like, man, we've come a long way. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And so, so
1: Michael basically catches Tanya in the act of stealing the schematics for the computer chips. Mm-hmm
2: and he grabs her gun too because she left it there. yeah and so they get into a big scuffle and i don't know if it's tanya who does it no or- basically tanya can he holds the gun up at her and she's like who are you what do you want and right he says something about something about the stars in the desert are bright or something like that, right? And she rec- she does, she's like she recognizes him. She said, Michael Long. Oh my God, Michael Long. He's like, yep. Mm. I mean. But he he's got like bloodlust eyes. He wants oh, to yeah. freaking shoot her in the face, right? Exactly. But he doesn't because a security guard comes around the corner and says, "Hey, drop it!" And he fires. You know, they, they exchange rounds, and Michael gets hit, shot again in the shoulder. Right, and and starts like, bleeding
1: profusely.
2: Yeah, pouring. Like, ah, escapes. Basically, runs down some stairs um accosts another security guard tanya escapes he puts on the security guards outfit um and basically they learn that michael is now wearing a security guard outfit but i have to give the security guard credit the one who called to say
1: hey what's your what's going on over there and then michael gets on the radio and says no everything's fine and the guy on the other end goes Hey, that's not Dave or whatever yeah. his name was. Right. I have to give him credit because you know, like a lot of the times, they're just like, "Oh, I guess everything's fine." Okay, yeah. It was nice to see that he actually recognized, right. like, that's not my
2: security officer. Right. It's clearly Michael Knight. Mm-hmm. So that was that's what I liked about this this show so far is that they kind of cut through a lot of bullshit like that. Yeah. There's not a, like that. No one would believe that. Right. But I believe that a car could shoot a gentleman 100 feet up in the air onto the roof of a building and have him land like a, a gentle feather. <laughs> I believe it beautiful but that's not fucking Michael Knight anyway yeah so he goes up basically Michael Knight goes outside bleeding out out of his shoulder and counts another security guard the security guard doesn't quite know that it's Michael Knight until he hears over the radio that the guy's wearing a that he's wearing out security guard outfit right um and basically holds him up calls it in says oh well, there's twenty there's ten thousand dollars in for your security guard if you you know can keep him there he
1: can't so then this guy offers twenty five grand not to- yet not no this is coming up
2: cuz then they then michael kit wants to get michael to a hospital right but but this is where the security guards outside of the Comtron building at, holding michael at gunpoint kit comes out of the darkness oh right and basically revs up and is going to run over the security guard michael nighthouse him put his gun down and then gets in the kit and runs off right and then later on there's a, a higher wage put on michael's head absolutely absolutely and so
1: that's yeah so they offer 25 grand to any driver that can crash into Kit and destroy this car. And Michael's bleeding out. Kit's like, Michael, we really need to get you to a hospital. No, I'm fine. I can do this. You should probably let me take over driving. I can do it
2: myself. Right?
1: That's basically it. He's like, no, I can do this myself. And he's like clutching his shoulder. He's like hunched against the side of the
2: window, bleeding out all over the car. I know. And this is where Michael tells Kit to call Devin. Right. Can you call Devin? Devin. Right. And that's where he does. Like, I don't know why he never did that in the first didn't place. Didn't call him on the radio then. Because not only that, not only does he call Devin from the car, he calls Devin and Devin's on a freaking plane. <laughs> well, because didn't he say – Devin was gonna come find Michael to help him. But it's going to be a while. Right. So Devin's been on a plane this entire episode. But like the first time, like the times that Michael has been calling Devin, Michael's been on a payphone and Devin's been at his desk on a landline. Right, exactly. So it's like obviously the capabilities exist for Kit to call a plane. You know. I just think it's funny that they had to call he's a payphone. Right. So so Michael and Kit, they what do they do? So they
1: stop. Uh, there's a helicopter strike that tries to hit him first, and they dodge that and they get out of the way. They ended up hitting the, hitting the uh, the helicopter, taking the helicopter out. Well,
2: they, the, first he drives through a semi. Basically, Does he do he has, the semi first, and yeah. then The helicopter, yeah, because oh, okay. he, the, the guy's in the helicopter coordinating this thing. He sees the trucks; they're all Comtron semis, which is hilarious. Right, doing roadblocks and things. He drives through one of them. The guy's like, he just drove through my truck. And then the next guy, he this is where he bumps it up to. Hundred twenty or to twenty five thousand dollars to have a head on collision with Kit, right? And so Kit's charging this one semi, and this is, I think, the first time you see the turbo boost. Um, and he hits the turbo boost, launches yeah. the long way over the semi, and just keeps going, blasts and, right through it, exactly. And this is where the helicopter's like, well, I guess we better take care of him, and hands the security, the head of the security department, a shotgun. Yeah because shooting a shotgun out of a helicopter at a f- very highly moving, fast-moving vehicle, uh, it's clearly going to hit them. It's going to do it's it. It's perfect. So basically, they get low alongside next to Kit, and they fire the shotgun, which only ricochets back and hits the helicopter and puts a big hole in it. Right. So the helicopter goes off towards the airfield while Kit's trying to get to the airfield so they, they can intercept Tanya and all her, her friends before they take off. Right. And uh, basically, the helicopter lands there, Tanya's like, did you get him? And the guy's like, what do you think? Like, he's right over there. And you see Kit like tearing down the runway, like rah, towards yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. And Michael's like getting all pale. He's like, ah, in, in the car, like I can God, drive. I'm such... fine. Um, it's really, it's, pr- it's something else. And this is where Tanya kind of flips out. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'll just do it myself. Right. So she gets
1: out of her car mm-hmm. and walks over to the window where Michael is l- almost about to pass out. Right. Pulls her gun out, and Michael's like, "I p- don't fire that gun. Do not shoot right now. Do not shoot. Tanya, sad, poor Tanya, pulls the trigger to shoot through the window. The bullet ricochets off the window and pierces her in the
2: chest and kills her. <laughs> Done. So she kills herself, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like, oh. I think we did skip over a bit where, where, where Kit chases down the plane. Right, because the because
1: yeah. the the plane has exploded at this point. Yeah, on on, on the runway, we we prob- we left
2: a lot of holes here and there. That's, that's the gist of it. That's fine. Oh, Yeah, and so there, Tanya's is in a crumpled heap. Uh, Michael Long got his revenge. Who's now? I guess from now on, we just stick with Michael Knight. He's Michael Knight. He is Michael Knight. He is a he, man with no past. I know he did his <laughs> he did his first kill indirectly with Kit. So good, so uh, good. And then basically, this is the funny thing is this is where all the cops show up, and Kit's like, "Okay, we got to get you to a hospital." And Kit drives Michael to a hospital with all the lights off. Yep, that's it. There you go. There you go. And I think, I think, yeah, that's kind of where it wraps. There's a
1: little, there's a little tag at the end where Michael has recovered from the surgery. Devon is pissed because Michael, of all the people, this car is indestructible, but somehow Michael has put a dent in Kit. Right. Um, and they basically end the episode with them. Basically, let's—they've decided that you know what, Michael's gonna Michael's gonna move forward with Wilton Knight's uh dream of of having one man change the course of the world. So Michael's going to be this like mercenary crime fighter with a super powered indestructible car. And they kind of he and Devin toast to their new partnership as they fly away in a private jet. Yeah,
2: (laughs) what a life! (laughs) Phenomenal. Leaving leaving poor uh, uh, Maggie. I I keep wanting to say Myrtle. Myrtle and Birdie. (laughs) Myrtle and Birdie. Myrtle and Birdie. Yeah, we never see them again because I looked
1: it up on IMDb and and the actor who plays Buddy, he's in two episodes, part one and two of the pilot. There you go. That's it. So we don't see them again. I yeah, do, I do think that Michael does. There is a love interest that comes in. Hmm. I just don't know when it comes in because uh, oh, it's
2: already there. It's Kit. It is Kit, as we learned from uh, from our uh, backstory on the voicemail. We, we we find that Michael can't sleep anywhere but inside Kit. I, I need to feel its leather on my skin. I just need to feel it. I just he puts
1: a toilet in this passenger seat. No one else can ride in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's already getting weird,
2: guys. If so, any of you are still left. Oh, boy. So uh, I I certainly hope that we haven't disappointed anybody. Seriously. Because I – that – oh, man,
1: that's so good. It was so good. So the one thing that Greg and I realized that we need to do, we need to come up with a rating system Mm -hmm. for our show, much like Mullets and Memories was out of a five-mullet scale. We need to come up with some sort of a rating system. In fact, maybe I'll put it out to the listeners for this week's episode. Mm Mm-hmm. For now, we'll just give it a rating one, two, three, four, or five, and then we'll retroactively re-rate it on the next couple episodes if we can get yep.
2: a good rating in. So, Greg, where would you rate the pilot? I mean, really, uh, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah, completely. I mean, to to blow it all right now and say it was a five star episode, I'm willing to do that. I am too. <laughs> I'm totally willing to say it's a fiver. It's a five star pilot. No questions. Absolutely. And, and so so. Just to throw an idea, the kind of stuff that we were doing with our mullet rating system before, I was thinking of like maybe a turbo boost rating. Okay, you know, like you know, how many times did this episode get a turbo boost? I like that. Maybe I like not that. To, not literally in the episode, but like yeah, something like that. All or right. how many times did you know Kit and Michael fight and make up? I thought of that. I also thought of like a more generic, just like how many Kit ratings, like
1: one, two, three, four, or five kits, mm. something like that. So something along those lines. But yeah, let's. I'm gonna put it out on the. Uh,
2: on the social media. What about this? How many? How many lights are in the front of Kit on the on little swoopy swoop? Oh, I don't know. We should look that. We should look at that. What if we did that? How many lights? Yeah. How many? How many? How many? Five sighting? swoops. <laughs> Five swoops. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, Maybe it,
1: swoops. That's something. That's a good. Actually, I like that.
2: that might I like swoops be a one. because swooping is swimming while pooping.
1: <laughs> is that really what swooping is?
2: Ah, uh, yep. Okay. Have you ever done that? I don't remember. Mm, that's just disgusting, Greg. Um, so, uh, thank you. I mean, this is very interesting. This is kind of just the, the route that we're going. in. if anybody has any suggestions on things that we should focus on, or you think that we should look at, we seriously come at these episodes, first-time view, first-time impressions, very little actual knowledge of the show right. or production. Like, we, we'll find some trivia, we'll find some stuff, but it's generally us reviewing and finding bizarre bizarre backstories that are pretty much completely fabricated in our own world right and this
1: is literally a first watch we've never seen an episode of this at all yeah it was at least with macgyver there we had a prior i have no knowledge of this at all yeah i have not n- no idea what we're getting into with this i have no memory of this place so i can't wait to get into the
2: rest of the series i'm so happy um do, do you want to hear what we got coming up i do next Let's week's so- episode explain explain to me david what is next week's episode so next week's
1: episode is the season one episode three deadly maneuvers after giving a lift to a woman to an army base michael investigates her father's death and discovers a plot to sell nuclear weapons oh man
2: oh man indeed it's gonna really be, it's
1: gonna be so good it's gonna be so good oh my gosh um so, I think we're going to close here in the next few minutes. Greg, do we want to talk about where people can find us on the interwebs?
2: Yeah, uh, we just moved our website, champakline.com. That's C-I-A-M-P-A-K-L-E-I-N.com. Yes. Um, we uh, just started a new website, kind of clean things up. We will be uploading all of our, our episodes there. Yeah. We're having some glitches with our our RSS feed. Uh yeah. so it's not as smooth as we had hoped at this point. Um but do look there, you can contact us through the website. There is a page there that you can either, you know, fill out the form and email us right or just call us directly um and we'll we won't answer, but we'll hear your voicemail. Maybe I'll turn on the voicemail at one point. I'll pick up the phone. That would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> Who knows. It? <laughs> um but in the in the coming weeks, we will uh more accurately start uploading um, all the episodes right. onto the website, as well as our backlog. So all of the uh, blow-your-mind years where we kind of started, that'll eventually end up on there. Right. All seven seasons, 147 like episodes. what think 149 total episodes. Of Mullets and Memories, our MacGyver podcast, will end up on the website, as well as our 24-hour podcast, the 1440. Right. Um, we'll end up there. In in the coming months, it's going to take us a while to get that there.
1: Yeah, um, so da- just be patient with us, but we'll get it all up there. I mean, obviously, the new episodes of the Night Rider years will all be available immediately, hmm. but we're going to work on the backlog in the next couple of weeks. So, here. David, aside from the website, where can they find us on the socials? So you can find us on Twitter at Champa Klein. Um, I'm actually, I know Greg, you're not on the, you don't use the Twitter account, but I'm like on Twitter a lot. <laughs> I use Twitter a ton, um, so you can find us there. Uh, you can hit us up on Instagram at Champa Klein. Um, that is probably our most active uh, social media platform. If mm-hmm. you guys want to get in touch with us, uh, you can find us on Facebook, um, Champa and Klein. Uh, we're in there. Um, not as active as as I'd like to be I I don't really like Facebook very much it's not very user friendly for me I don't I don't like the way it works but you can definitely find us there and I will I will uh I will touch base with you guys if you if you if you want to reach out to us there and again like Greg said on the website you can contact us that way but you can also email us at let us blow your mind at gmail.com and uh, again we'll you know we'll get back to you within 24 hours if you if you write to us and also it would be really great if you guys would rate and review us on iTunes it's the best way for us to be heard by other listeners as we're about to start this brand new venture into the world of Night Rider uh, we're really excited for it so please uh, please consider leaving us a rate and review so that uh, more people can find us because I'd really love to um, I'd really love to to, to jump off with uh, with a ton of new listeners mm. um, that would be fantastic uh, Gregory David, uh, do you have any final thoughts
2: before we before we close out this episode? Uh, I am looking forward to where this can possibly go. I can't wait. I am open to suggestions on how we can make it more enjoyable for our listeners because we certainly will pursue that absolutely 100% Um, but if you're happy with this just uh, I'm happy to continue being uh, irreverent and bizarre and enjoying watching these shows let's do it man
1: All right. so for the Knight Rider years I am Michael Long's metal plate
2: I'm Michael Knight's shiny belt buckle (laughs) have a fantastic week everybody
0: There you have it loyal listener. A fine example of what can truly be done with podcasting. Hard work, consistent output, and just the right amount of guidance from an enigmatic network overlord. Tune in again next week, to see what timeless gem I dust off for your listening pleasure. Seriously. I need to get someone into this archive room and do some cleaning. It's filthy. This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com.